Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash watch out for fireballs. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Books, check them out. Books, check them out. Um, real quick before we begin the extrasode proper, I had a couple of admin notes. This is Gary. I'm editing uh, this batch of things. Uh, first admin note. I'd like to encourage everyone uh, who listens to this show to go to marathon.speeddemosarchive.com. This is a a charity that um, is running where they're doing speed runs and such to fight cancer. Um, You know, and there's a friend of the show, Tyler Crumrine, alerted us to this. so, you know, there are also there are links at the bottom where you can donate. You can buy some really, really rad shirts. Um, and it's all for a great cause. So I'd like to encourage you to uh, to please jump on that. Um, and they're, they're great shirts. They have a, a Runaway 5 shirt that is just, uh, you know, the bee's knees, so to speak. Um, you know, it has their, their tour and everything like that. So that might be something that I'm going to buy. Um you know, but I encourage all of you guys to check it out. They're doing it right now, watching it. It's very cool. Um, further, I, we're also going to include uh, in this, um, so we talked about the app quite a bit uh, that we have going on, <clears throat> and uh, the show that, that comes with that, The Abject Suffering with uh, Gary and Cole. Um, we uh, Cole has cut together the first episode of that. We recorded the first two. And here is a uh, two-minute preview of that episode to possibly entice you to uh, to get that app. We're working on a thing, you know, if you don't have a smartphone, if that's not, you know, you can't do apps, you guys, you know, these kids with their gadgets, um, if that's you, uh, we're working on some kind of way. Um, it'll probably be some kind of kind of money thing, like the, uh, you know, we want the show not to cost money. Um, we make, you know, a, l- a little bit of money from each sale of the app, so that's part of the reason why we're trying to incentivize it. Um, so we haven't exactly figured it out, but we're going to try to figure out some kind of, like, one time, you know, maybe one time PayPalable or Amazon checkout will feed to get access to it as like a separate RSS feed. We're trying to figure it out. Anywho, uh, enjoy this two minute preview of the app, um, where we ostensibly we're talking about Revolution X, the Aerosmith game, but we're really, uh, as you can, you can hear, get, get way off topic. And then after that, the, uh, regular episode where we talk about new X-Men and Dino Crisis and some other miscellaneary. Uh, during the Parasite Eva episode. So, thanks a lot! We can only speculate about 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 the wonders that Poet Laureate Stephen Tyler has seen. With his disgusting goatsy mouth. <laughs> yeah. <and> like... <laughs> I would I would rather watch an orphanage fire for a half an hour than look at him open his mouth once. Yeah, imagine, <laughs> imagine close your eyes, Cole. God, and imagine so, so Stephen Tyler spends his morning making a series of tuna fish sandwiches. Oh, <laughs> like he's got a big old punch bowl full of tuna. He's put in some some pickle, you know, some some relish, some so it's a hefty amount of mayonnaise, oh. a little mustard. And he's just stirring that with like a, a wooden spoon. And then slowly makes a bunch of sandwiches, just taking this and just just slapping it on there. And then sits down and proceeds to eat a stack of tuna fish sandwiches. And the camera closes up on his mouth. Like, as it is, like, like 
wide this winding gyre of <clears throat> lips and failure and pain just engulfing and Okay. Enveloping <laughs> and like in, in my mind, this isn't like a this isn't like a snap Wayne's World zoom. This is like he's he's eating these sandwiches for like forty five minutes. It's okay? like an Andy Warhol zoom. <laughs> it is. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and at the start, it's you know it's a wide establishing shot him sitting down. So so you know time code zero zero you know frame from frame zero all the way up to you know frame zero forty five minutes. Like mm-hmm. it starts at wide, and at the end, you're looking at his uvula, just coated in mayonnaise <laughs> and relish. His yeah, wall, wall, wall. and little bits of like tuna. <laughs> and like then little you, tiny bits of tuna. And then it zooms all the way back out beyond the set, beyond the frame of my television, to see me with a bullet in my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it backs out, and uh, Joe Perry is sitting on the back of the the couch, not wearing any clothes, with his his penis blocked by Steven Tyler's head. Leaning forward like a caveman and noisily, wetly eating an apple, oh, which is dripping down into Steve Tyler's mouth. God. And then, and then, and then we're both there shooting ourselves. God, we shoot each other, so it's not a sin. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Uh, I don't care for jazz. No. I, don't, I don't think it's necessarily bad. I just don't like it very much. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things that it exists. It, it does. <laughs> yeah, was, you, you got me there. I was uh, <laughs> I was in jazz band in middle school. I played the tenor saxophone, but it wasn't uh, jazz because we were playing off of like sheet music and stuff. So it was more like Glenn Miller, big band jazz kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little like it's kind of similar to like a, something that ends up. Like their music they use a lot in Radio Lab, which is something I like to call anything can happen jazz. Yeah, yeah. AKA like the beginning of the tick or thirty rock. Exactly. Like that. You go, Whoa, what's happening? Everything's <laughs> happening. You know, like I that stuff gets on my fucking nerves. Yeah, just <laughs> a little bit. Um, I, I will I will say that if I'm if I'm in the mood for a particular kind of productivity, I'll put on kind of blue. Mm. But that's more like ambient almost, you know? A kind of productivity brought a, on by a kind of blue. Yes. Yes. But I am also the kind of person who will put on video game music in order to concentrate. Yes. So, yeah. you know. I just I don't, uh, like most, like, same thing with uh, classical, too, where it's like, I, I like, there are certain classical composers I like, but I don't go deep. You know, it's just kind of like the, the classical radio station is usually good yeah. enough for me. Like uh, Eric Satie, he does a really good one. Um, Jim Nepide. Um Yeah. finished new x-men this morning um it was i i really liked it is it the first volume or did you get all of them all of them okay so this is it ended with uh the arc in the future yeah which really bugged me i didn't yeah it, it was it was such a rapid tonal shift and like it went into that like remember in shadow run when i was talking about like inscrutable psionic stuff yeah. Like everything was like hardcore, post-apocalyptic, you know, really weird costumes and things. And Cassandra Nova was back, and and and, she, Be- and Beast Nova was never bad. went away. Oh yeah, Cassand- yeah, Cassandra Nova got put into uh, to stuff. Ertz at some point. Yes, or put into stuff, but then you know that's 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 Ernst is a is a child, Cassandra Nova. I didn't know that. Yep. Huh. So that's so that's just her growing up. Okay. 
makes uh, makes sense. But all of them lived 150 years. It's so the the only thing. So I don't. That's I think that's probably the weakest arc of the run, and it sucks that it ends. Like it kind of reads better if you just read it with the the death of Jean Grey as the end. Yeah. Like one of the things to think about is that when Grant Morrison took over that run, he wanted to do like his version of a lot of X-Men tropes mm-hmm. and that like that, you know, dark fu- alternate future is something that X-Men do all the time. Right. So like there's like days of the future past and age of apocalypse and, and even God loves man kill. No, God loves man kills is not, but there's another pretty big one other than days of the future past and uh, age of apocalypse. But they do a lot of that. Like, you know, this is the X-Men in the future. Right. Kind of thing. So I think he just wanted to, to end end a thing like that like yeah he wanted to have that as a thing but the the real like kind of climax is definitely the that uh that new york you know magneto which like at first i thought so like initially when i read that magneto takes over new york i was kind of unsatisfied with that and then on rereading it like i like it a lot like i like this you know mega maniacal villain like not knowing what to do once he wins <laughs> right. like people can't get water people can't get food you know like he had no you know, no plan to maintain. Yeah. At, at, at that point, like just out of his mind on drugs and just, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and I mean, I, I read it as him, like just like his style of villainy was outmoded. Mm-hmm. Like, like people, people wanted like a different kind of revolution than what he was bringing. So that's why he couldn't get followers. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then, and the followers he did have, like, he wasn't able to provide for them. Was there well, okay? So, so I saw like I was able to pick up clues on a lot of the, on a lot of the stuff coming, like Zorn being Magneto, um, mm-hmm. the 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 whole kick being aerosolized Sublime. That there, yeah, there there are not. I don't think that's as as uh, as hinted. There's some, but not as much as the Zorn thing is the big big hint thing. Right. And there yeah. there are a lot of hints for that. Yeah. Like that's actually. Um, you know the uh my favorite kind of like comics thinker is this guy named paul o'brien he does a, a podcast called house to astonish mm-hmm. and uh he used to run a website called the x-axis which he just did um just reviewed every x-men comic that, huh. that came out and uh it was really good like he's you know he's real smart I, it was one of the first like websites i got into like it's just super plain text you know it's really like kind of outmoded yeah. um and he has like kind of a famous like blog post about all the like you know, bricks that are laid down in Grant Morrison's run. Like if you reread it, like everything that does not seem like it has significance and how it ties into the end. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of them for, for sublime, but not a, you know, a whole bunch for Zorn. Right. So sublime doesn't totally work, but he doesn't really need to, unless you, uh, you know, unless you're really counting that last arc where he's the villain. Yeah. You know, um, it can just be kind of, so, I mean, I don't understand that's like a powerful caveat to put on something, mm-hmm. but the, uh, you know the uh, the last the last trade is not or the last arc is not super powerful. Yeah, but still, I was I was really satisfied with the whole thing. I liked uh, I, I like Emma Frost's character a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you were right, Cyclops did kind of come into into his own at the end when he stopped being such a whiny pussy, um, and decided to actually like take some a certain amount of responsibility for his actions. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of like wish they would have done a little bit more with Wolverine, except for the whole "Who am I?" going after the Weapon X program. Um, yeah, the, the Weapon. And that's why I really like that that reveal that like it's not Weapon X, you idiot. Like it's Weapon Ten, <laughs> yeah. you know, and like that that's a really cool idea. And all those, 
things that they they lead, you know, all those clues that they talk about, like those weapons leading up to. There's a lot of clues in there as to like those being other things in the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Like I think Weapon Two is Captain America. I think it was Weapon One actually, or Weapon One. Yeah, I thought well, the first one was an animal. I thought oh, they tested out okay. an animal. Yeah. Um, and then there, but there's like a lot of like that that stuff which I really like. But Wolverine's like not. It's really kind of like a Cyclops, Emma Frost. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, Jean Grey are kind of the like emotional core. Yeah. Of, of the series, with uh, some smattering, like some good character development for Beast and some decent character development for Wolverine, but it's not their stories. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, and I ended up liking the kids more than I thought I would. Like, I thought yeah. I thought Beak was going to be kind of stupid, but uh, that was actually pretty cool with his grandkids in the future. How they were like yeah. full eagle men, you know? Yeah, Beak is Beak is great. Yeah. Um, all the all the stuff with the special class I like a lot. Yeah. my favorite arc in that is the the one with the, the Omega Gang. Yeah, Omega yeah, the the school. Omega Skulls. Yeah, yeah that, I, that, I really that was like really that. cool. That's that's a really cool really cool like arc and i like that i mean it's not even so much like a world-ending threat or, any, or anything like that like when the x-men finally come in they more or less just kind of you know take care of business <laughs> yeah you're rev- just this I, you know idea <laughs> your revolution lasted 15 minutes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah there, there are a lot of like pleasant uh like there's some small stories along with like the big stories yeah that go on in that in that arc the uh the stepford cuckoos the they, yeah. they ended up being more interesting than i thought they would yeah just the whole thing I, I'm, I'm really i'm really happy about that thank you for the recommendation um yeah no no problem yeah it's it's my favorite x-men story um yeah. the uh the the stuff with emma frost is really interesting too with her taking over because if you know it's one of those things that that run does where if you know about the history, it's like a bonus. But if you don't, um, they just give you just enough kind of hints. Right. Such to, so the uh, she ran – she was the leader of a group called the Hellions, which were kind of like a generic group of, of villains that uh, um, were kind of the opposite of the New Mutants. Yeah, she was the, she was the White Queen, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they were killed in like more or less just a throwaway just for like shock value. Mm-hmm. You know, but the idea of taking something like that that was like really clearly like a plot con- contrivance and everything, and then like showing how that would reflect on her character, like the idea of her just kind of compulsively looking for young people to try to sculpt mm-hmm. and being insecure about fucking it up, you know, because she has so many times like people under her care keep dying. Yeah, is, is real strong. And then Jean like uses that as a psychic weapon against yeah. her. Yeah, like I, I love this idea that like psychic attacks or whatever isn't just like ooh my mind razor burns. Yeah, just energy bolts. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like hey, I'm going to look in and like find your most insecure part of you or your worst memory, and then just amplify that by a thousand so that you will yeah. not want to be alive anymore. Yeah, that's like the, really or like cool. the, the the black bug room. Yeah, like, yeah. early on i love the black bug room like, listen gene yeah. me and the bugs have been talking and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, is that specific to uh is that specific to cyclops like is 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 the is that his torture because he's afraid of bugs no i it... think everybody's got a black bug room okay and it's just this room where gigantic cockroaches explain to you what's wrong with you <laughs> um which i you know the, the, the run is also full of like really tiny like heartbreaking moments too yeah. like really nice like uh that whole bit where like Professor Xavier is like mind is leaking out and Jean Grey is like taking it in mm-hmm. and like the early on it was like he keeps calling me Gus I can't figure it out yeah you know <laughs> and it's his dog like that's super sad and then mm-hmm. like I like how Jean last words to Scott is like you're my favorite superhero yeah that's like really heartbreaking yeah so a lot, a lot of goodness really cool I'm uh, I'm moving on to uh, to the Walking Dead now. Um, I, I got a couple more uh, Dark Tower trade paperbacks, and I got that mm-hmm. Berserk in. So, 
Yeah, the uh, man, I did the. I just got the most recent Walking Dead uh, trade paperback, which goes up through issue 100. Okay, and like that, that's a long way off for you. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it was great. <laughs> Because <laughs> like the the series had not been in a rut, but there's like it's so the series is so slow paced where like whole you know trades will go by with nothing really happening. Like I'll go get a trade, and it only happens like twice a year, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, nothing really will happen in it. And I feel like there were two of them where that was true. Like the last two were just like ugh, you know, <laughs> and that's tons of like in a sequential title. That's a year of like you know of kind of dead space. And then just like the payoff is really good, but I, I'm not certain that the payoff is. Or the dead time is necessary for the payoff at this point. Um, but the payoff was really good. Like, I think it's volume 15 was the one that I, I just read. And that's excellent. Is it is it something where it wouldn't be so bad if you weren't waiting for the trades? Like, if you're going and picking them up every month? or No, because in, even in individual issues, even less would happen. Yeah. Like, I would be infuriated because it would be like, this is another one where, like, there's a couple small character moments, but people just hang around whatever fortified area they happen to be in. Yeah. It needed to be one trade less. Mm-hmm. Like where they're where they're at now, and this is no no serious spoiler that they end up changing locations a lot. So like mm-hmm. the Walking Dead is kind of defined on, based on where they're at. Okay, you know, so like there's a couple, you know, at the beginning they're wandering, and then they end up at a at a place, um, and then they end up at a, you know that place something happens, and then they end up at another place and another mm-hmm. place, and you know bad things are going to happen. Yeah, like it's the it's the Walking Dead, so like you know they can't just find a place and just live there forever. The most recent place they've been in, they've been in for the longest out of all of them. So it's something like four trades, which is like two years of. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not that there was no drama, but it just wasn't uh, wasn't as strong. You know, like well, I feel like the the series, like like this last bit was really strong, and then kind of the first three or four trades where they deal with their first couple areas are really good, and there's kind of a saggy middle, mm-hmm. which is not not quite as good. Yeah. I'm I'm excited about it. I really like the character design and that, and it seems to be consistent. Like just in yeah. in, th- in thumbing, yeah, no, no. It, it, after the first trade, they get a new artist, and mm. then it's consistent. Okay, but the uh, yeah, Tony Moore <laughs> is the beginning artist, and then it's like Scott Adler or something like that. Okay, Charlie Adler, yeah, um, is the guy, and he's good, but uh, it's different. Okay, but then it, then it's consistent. So. I like this. Uh, Basil was assaulted by bears. Is that a, a specific? Oh, is this he, the, uh, the Ashley Crum tinnies? This is this is Ed Gorey. Uh, yeah, excellent. Well, yeah. I didn't notice that when I first read it. Very good. <laughs> um, well, well done. As a sly reference, that's my favorite uh, Edward Gorey. It's I'm fantastic. A of that. Um, well, you right, know, when you're t- when you're talking about a parade of tragedy against kids, it's a, pretty much the logical conclusion. Yeah, <laughs> it is the, the definitive work. <laughs> on bad things happening to children. Yes. My favorite one is the girl who drank too much gin, and the picture is just her sitting across from a doll with a skull head, yeah. like having a little tea party where they decided to drink too much gin. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, there's a, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Let's right. try that one more time. Yep. There we go. That all, was good. All of these end with us dying. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, we need to come up with some good uses for fireballs. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Like like constructive uses for society, yeah. Like fireballs, like they've got to, there's got to be some kind of good use for them. <laughs> so I just um, look out for like look out. Or try to find fireballs. Seek out fireballs to help your society. Keep an eye out for fireballs. Keep... <laughs> Turn it up. All right, wrap up the jams. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> okay. I was trying to think of something, but yeah. Right. <laughs> um, 
And the way New York is presented in this game is actually... Excuse me. I'm burping a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's okay. Just Please just let me know here. when you're done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just leaving some silence here so you know when to edit. <clears throat> okay. I thought you were just continuously like letting out like micro burps. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was about to bring that up. I like Dino Crisis, but I love 32-bit survival horror games. So I for, I didn't like that for some reason. Like I love all you know. I like uh, all those Resident Evil games. Dino Crisis never worked on me. Yeah. I think it was because the uh, the emphasis on like tranquilizer weapons, which didn't, um, which oh. left the enemies in the area. So like you can knock out an enemy. Um, you know the enemies are are much faster than zombies, mm-hmm. um, so they're a lot more dangerous. And you can it's much the game encourages you to knock them out rather than kill them. And yeah, I'm I'm slow at solving puzzles and such, and I need mm-hmm. to backtrack quite a bit. Yeah. So I I just didn't have the firepower necessary to kill dinosaurs and be able to explore at my leisure. Yeah. And knocking them out was not a good enough solution. I think was my the thing that got my way with Dino Crisis. Mm-hmm. It's it, I mean it's very much like Nemesis. You know, like how that puts a like like that was a really disruptive thing in that game. Yeah. Um, and Dino Crisis was around that time, so I was I was I was willing to accept that as part of like something that increased the tension. Yeah, I um, love ne- Nemesis. Yeah. Like for you know that all those Nemesis encounters are some of my favorite moments in in <laughs> gaming of that era. Like I really like Nemesis. Yeah. So. Oh man, I really want to do uh want to do want to do the survival horror thing, but I've got so many projects. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that would be uh, awesome. I would I would read the shit out of that. Yeah. Like uh that would be, you know, that would be a, a blog I would read. Yeah. For for people if this ends up in extra episode <laughs> or, or episode, Cole has tossed around the idea for a while of doing a survival horror blog. Yeah. Um which I would think would be really rad. Like I like that genre a lot. Yeah, I was I, when I was doing research for this, I found on TV Tropes a list of like all of the games that are canonically considered considered survival horror, and mm-hmm. I started making a spreadsheet of them chronologically. Um, hmm. If you're doing them chronologically, that's insane because you're going to play some <laughs> real nonsense. Like you're going to play like Sweet Home. I think you could argue that you have to play uh, Friday the Thirteenth for NES. Yeah. Um, because uh, yeah. that game's got some real survival horror elements to it. Yeah, you know me though. You know me. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, um, I forget where we're going from that. So edit point mitochondria. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, <laughs> oh dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. Real quick, and this you know maybe this little extra sode stuff. I won't keep you for too long. Mm-hmm. Um, the more I think about it, the more I want you to like not sleep on spec ops. Yeah, yeah, I I need to get that. I've looked at, I've looked for it. It's remained expensive. I'm not I'm not hurting for money, but it's just yeah. it's just difficult for me when my clog is so is, is so big that it's, it's hard to it's, it's hard to like encourage someone to buy something expensive. Yeah, you know, like uh, I was talking to my friend Zach, and he's talking about how he feels self conscious about not traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, which is like if somebody tells you like oh you never you know you should travel like it's what is it the Great Gatsby like. I don't, you know, I can't just take that all the time off of, of work and, uh, you know, and, and have the money to do that. So I was looking to see, um, you know, cause it was on sale, which is why I picked it up. Like I went up, I didn't end up buying it for 30 bucks, which yeah. is how much it is on steam. Like next sale, or if you see it used at a GameStop or something like that, like you will really like it. Yeah. And it's, it's the, the, 
the things that it does that are that's lauded for and that are really unique are things that we talk about all the time and things that I know that you value. Um, and it just it's really haunting. Like it's it's a macrocosm of Hotline Miami. Mm-hmm. Like some of the things that Hotline Miami is doing to you and will continue to do to you, um, this does just a lot better and a lot bigger. Yeah. And just you know, I like that being being nauseated, you know, <laughs> by a game. It's just really strong ending, like mm-hmm. really super super good. Yeah, it's I, I've I've heard enough positive things that it has kind of tipped its critical mass. Um, yeah, and I, I I'm definitely quite interested in it. Um, is it is it a short game? Yeah, I beat it. In a, it's eight hours. Okay. Yeah, I beat it in one sitting, <laughs> which is probably a really harrowing <laughs> way to do it. Um. But that's that's what yeah. I did. It's uh, it's one of those things that's really frustrating because right now it's uh, seven dollars and fifty cents on Amazon, uh, but that's the download PC version, um, okay. and I don't have a machine that can run it. Oh, that sucks. I know, right? So, so yeah, I need to console it up. That's a good deal for it too. Yeah. Uh, so um, so my pro, my pro tip too for it is like I didn't I switched it. It does that thing where if you fail enough, it'll ask you if you want to switch to easy mode. Mm-hmm. Um, even though you're playing it for the story, I wouldn't start out in easy mode. Okay, and the reason being is that, um, and and the guy that, that did the, those those uh, Aaron single signal videos mm-hmm. really um, like I was coming up with some kind of theory about this, and he really put it into words really well. Um, but the the way that the, the narrative and this and the the mechanics interact in a way where the narrative recontextualizes the mechanics. Okay, and if the mechanics are too breezy, like they're not, it's not a great cover based shooter. It's fine, but. If you're getting through it like as a cakewalk, it's going to lessen some of that impact. So once you die on something like two or three times, feel free to switch it to, to easy mode. You won't for like the first half of the game. And playing those, like getting through that and spending time doing that is important to like what the payoff, I feel like. Right. Can you switch back and forth like if it, on a particularly difficult, can I Bethesda essentially? I never, I never went to it. It just, it offered it to me and I said yes. Okay. So I don't, uh, I don't know yeah. if, if you can just go through and, and, and do that. Okay. But yeah, very good. Hmm. Like, uh, like I'm just, I don't know. It's me. It's, it's, uh, it's haunting me. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, I, I just keep, keep kind of coming back to it and just yeah like it feeling bad about it. It sounds like my flavor of thing. So I, I will take that under advisement. Um, yeah. yes. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. So if, yeah, if you see it under you know twenty bucks or under, yeah, I, I get uh, I get updates from uh, from uh, cheap ass gamer. Uh-